Praise the Lord. Today we live different from the way that we came in. I say today we live different from the way that we came in. Mm. Praise God. Um, Mark chapter 4 please. And uh, we're going to read the portion of scripture from here. And I think the Lord has something for us today. I was sharing this word. Uh, I just It kind of hit me earlier this week. And then I shared this with some, somebody. And it was uh, just kind of cool to see how the Lord was, was all over this. And it's still all over this. So I, whether you like it or not today, I'm already blessed. This word is, is, is really, it works. Hallelujah. I said I'm blessed. Mark chapter 4 verse 1. Again, Jesus went, began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat, sat in it, uh, and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He, caught them, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. Now, just jump down one verse to verse number 13. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Mm. Then it goes on and it describes the different, he explains the different type of soil types. I want to focus on the good soil, verse number 20. It says, other seed, other like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. It says here, verse, and I want to focus in uh, on verse number 11. It says, he told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. The secret of the kingdom of God. The secret. The secret. Mm. Then he goes down and says, The farmer sows the word. Mm. Verse 20 says, Other seed like sown, uh, seed sown on good soil, hear the word and accept it. The secret. The kingdom of, secret of the kingdom of God. The secret of the kingdom of God. Uh, today, the title of my message is, It's a Secret. Mm, it's a secret. Tell your neighbor it's a secret. Tell your other neighbor it's a secret. 
tell your other neighbor if you have any other ones. Uh, tell them you're going to live different from the way that you came in today, today, today. It's a secret. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to understand what you're trying to say. Help my mouth to speak as you would have it to speak. And give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. When it says that the kingdom of God is a secret, it's interesting use of the language. When you're dealing with a secret, you're dealing with something that few people know. If everybody knew the secret, it would no longer be a secret. The reason a secret is a secret is because it's a secret. <laughs> All right? So the idea is that a few would understand, but not everybody. And because only a few understand, that's the reason we call the secret the secret. All right? But... Uh, that also means that for those who know the secret, they will act according to the secret, and those who do not know the secret will also act according to the information, whatever that, that, that they know. You will always act according to what you to know. All right? Um, if I knew that the missile was coming this way and was about to hit in 30 seconds, and you did not know that, I would act different from the way that you act. Because I know something that you, do, you will always act on whatever you know. Right? So, so what Jesus is doing, he's using the same kind of language to describe the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, how the kingdom operates. It's not something that's common knowledge. It's a secret. Alright? Some know the secret and they act accordingly. Some do not. Alright? Now the question then is, what is the secret? Well, he says in verse 13 and 14 said the seed that the farmer sows the word. That's the secret. And the secret is verse 20. Some, not all, some, because it's a secret, hear the word and accept the word. Ah, that's the secret. That's it. We're done with service. We have the benediction. And I mean, I'm done, kind of, but... Not really, I have to explain myself, but basically that's it. The secret of the kingdom is hearing the word and accepting the word. There's a difference between hearing the word versus hearing the word and accepting the word. You may hear a lot of things, but you don't accept everything. The thing that makes this kingdom the kingdom and the secret so powerful is that it's not only something that you hear, it's also something that you both hear and accept. It's that accepting that separates the power of the kingdom and reveals the mystery of the kingdom and it is the key to producing 30, 60 and 100 fold. So that's what the kingdom, the secret of the kingdom is. The secret of the kingdom is not coming to church every Sunday and sitting in my same seat every Sunday. Nothing wrong with that. You're very welcome. But that's not the secret. You could be doing that your whole life and you completely miss the secret. Going to church does not mean you understand the secret. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you understand the secret. Jesus. Can I go further? Just because you feel the anointing does not mean that you have the secret. You can feel the anointing, know the anointing. You could have a gift and you could sing like the angels, but that does not mean you know the secret. The secret of the kingdom of God is beyond all of the fluff. And it goes down deep and it's the place where we hear the word and accept the word. Hallelujah. This is something that's done so far away from the performance. You could have a wonderful service. Great service, Pastor. Wonderful. I love the music. You did so wonderful with that music. I know. I worked really hard on that. Especially that guitar. He's getting there, but he's doing better, isn't he? 
you know. And, and of course, we do our best because this is the house of God. And we give our best. And we try to create something that makes the kingdom of the presence of God, uh, makes the Holy Spirit comfortable and make people have a place to connect with God. But you could be in the right atmosphere. That doesn't mean you understand the secret. The secret is those who hear the word and accept the word. Hallelujah. That's, that's where the, the magic happens. That's where the fruit starts to, bear, uh, starts to manifest. It's not just being present. It's not just hearing. It's hearing and accepting. The other, other, trans, uh, other gospels uh, also speak about the parable. Actually, it's all over. Because Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you will not understand any parable. This is foundation parable. If you don't understand this, we're all in trouble. Right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, so, so he said this, this, this secret here, this is how we bear fruit. Hearing, uh, and the other, trend, other gospels, they record it as hearing the word and through perseverance, producing a crop. But I like this particular, uh, this particular uh, version, Mark's gospel, because it just makes, it tells it to us in very simple form. All right? One who hears and accepts. It's really that simple. Hearing and accepting. I know it sounds not so entertaining, but... We're going to go somewhere today, and I promise today the secret will be a, no longer a secret. We're going to let this secret out, or let the cat out of the bag, or let Jesus out of the bag. Hmm? And, and we all leave different from the way that we came in. The secret is hearing and accepting. Hearing and accepting. In, in Hebrews chapter 9, and verse 13 and 14, it talks about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. It says, in the old covenant... It says, the, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean. Sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death? The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, first of all, is that we're dealing with two types of blood. In the Old Testament, we deal with the blood of goats and bulls and sheep. But in the New Testament, we deal with the precious blood of Jesus. Number two, the Old Testament, the blood is sprinkled externally. The, they, they would spill the blood on the altar. They would spill the blood on the mercy seat. They would spill, sprinkle the blood on all of the furniture. They would even sprinkle the people with blood. With the blood of the Lamb. And through that they would be externally clean. But with the blood of Jesus, we don't sprinkle it on the outside. Hmm. They even took the blood in the Exodus and took it, put it on the doorpost of their house. The deaf angel came, saw the blood and passed over. Okay? But in the New Testament, we don't put the blood on the house. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus, it's sprinkled on the conscience. Well, how do you sprinkle the blood on the conscience? The conscience is it's not a tangible material substance. It's actually deep within the recesses of our mind. But do you know how we put the blood on the conscience? The most simple definition of conscience, hearing and accepting. Hallelujah. That's how we activate the blood of Jesus on our, on our conscience. When we hear the message of the gospel and we hear and accept it, that's when we become born again. And it's the same process of hearing and accepting that we bear fruit. Hearing and accepting that we become all that God has called us to be. It is through hearing. Hearing and accepting is everything. 
It's how we fight. It is how we win. It is how we overcome. Hearing and accepting. Hallelujah. That's the secret. And that's how we come this far. Hallelujah. So, so, so hearing and accepting is it's not an option for us. Because if we don't understand this, we don't get very far in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The enemy, he fights and creates a little bit of a, a, a gap between what we hear and what we accept. I know you think that he's coming from the east, coming over by the, by, you, know, how we, you know how we do all the, in this part of the world, our friends from Ohio, this is a different part of the world. We, we do spiritual warfare a bit different here. He comes through the window and we bind him and catch him in midair, pull him down. And, and, and you know, that's how we fight de devils and demons. And, and, and there is a place for binding and, and, and loosing, amen, amen. But you know what I found? What, when you look at scripture, what the enemy is really, his real place of warfare, where he sets up shop, it's between the place where we hear and accept. Right in between there, he tries to mess with us to the point that we no longer become good soil. That's exactly what he's been doing from the beginning. That's what he did with Eve in the garden. He came to Eve and said, did God really say? Hmm? Did God really say that you, you will die? You will not die. And so the word that Eve had accepted, he caused her to doubt that word and reject that word and start to accept another word and act on another word that got us all of us into the mess that we are in today. He knows that if the word and the hearing and the accepting come together, it's game over. So he fights with that. That's what he was doing. In fact, he even used the scriptures to tempt Jesus so that Jesus would, would drop the word. I get him? He's, he's truly cunning and crafty. He knows the word. He, know, he uses the word. But I found that if we just only know the word, we are no different from the devil. It is when we know the word and Accept the word that he is put out of commission in our lives. But, and that's good. We bind the devil. We loose the air. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood. Amen, amen. But let me tell you what I've seen. And I grew up in the church. I am an authority on this subject. All right. You could bind and loose the devil in the air and still not accept anything in your heart. Which means you are, you are working actually against yourself. You have to fight the enemy knowing his objective, knowing his agenda, what he is he really after. And he has deceived us by going after the world, going after the spirit in the air. While we have left the fight of hearing and accepting all alone. What he's really after. That's why the Bible says when the devil saw the seed that's sown along the path. Verse number 20, I believe, or verse number 15. He saw the seed and he snatched the seed he took the seed why because when we hear and accept that spells game over for the devil hallelujah not by going to church not by going to the Zemmari conference, Akele Metta conference, revival, breakthrough, run around. It's not through any of our Christian performance and activities. We have a whole zoo of activities. It's all good. But all of those activities do not equate with hearing and accepting the word of God. And that's the secret. And that's the secret. It's a secret because not everybody knows this. It's a secret because not everybody understands this. Everybody is wondering why their life is a mess. Because I've been going to church for 30 years. You've been going, sitting in your seat for 30 years. But you've never heard and accepted what you've heard. Game changes when we accept and hear. Are you following what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah. So, so this is very important. If we don't understand this, we don't understand anything. If we don't understand this, we're just going through the motions. It's not enough. It's not enough to hear alone. We have to hear and accept. 
what we have heard. That's the secret. What's the secret, church? Hearing and? Hearing and. If you've heard, that's good. You've heard good stuff. But what you're hearing is not what you're... You could hear a lot of things. Doesn't mean you're accepting. Game is shifted in the spirit, in your life, in your fruit. When you hear and accept. Hallelujah. Good preaching, Pastor Z. Good preaching. Now I was... Actually, let's, let's look at the scripture with this. One of the things that becomes such a problem for us when it comes to this hearing and accepting game is that we are dealing with this huge disparity between what God has promised and where we are right now. Uh, but you know, Genesis chapter 1, and, and, and this says it's slightly different in the Amarinya and it says it's slightly different in some other translations, but I like the NIV because it really it speaks to, to what we're trying to say today. Genesis 1 and verse 1. This is a very familiar scripture. Right, let's just look at this, what God is, has for us today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. All right, we know this, but let's look at this a little bit closely. In the beginning, God... In the beginning, God. In the when? Now, if you have NIV Bible, verse 2, it says, Now the earth was formless, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Does it say that? Notice that it says two things I want us to focus on. Number one, in the beginning, God. But then right now, the earth is formless. And see, what the, the problem for all of us is not what was in the beginning. Our problem for me and our problem for you is right now. All right? Because what is in the beginning is already not, not necessarily always what's right now. And, and we always live in the now. We are victims of the now. We respond and engage with the now. Our feelings are attached to the now. All right? You just, some of you just looked at your bank statement when, before you came to church, and your spirit on your face is telling me that you are engaged in a very different now. Uh, the bank statement was not like that in the beginning, but now. Okay, bad example. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to get in your business. But what I'm trying to say is that it's the now that becomes a problem. And we, I remember one time I was, I was uh, not so much this service. We tried to preach the same message in both services. But Amarinya service, I was telling, uh, uh, I was using an example of today where there's a very sad news, I'm sorry to say. In our language, the word is called murdo. Like when we have a death announcement of somebody. And everybody just, ah, is on the edge of their seat. Man no emoto. Who, who's the one who's, who's just waiting? And I said, today... Funeral and all, uh, what was it called? Funeral rites of procession and everything is being pronounced on the devil and his agenda over your life. And then everybody said, Now we changed, the mood of everybody changed from this side to that side like that. Why? Because they're engaged in the right now. And right now things are changing and we are always changing with right now. 
And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But now the earth is formless and empty and darkness is over the surface of the deep. And see, the secret is, is that uh, it's not just hearing. The secret is hearing and accepting. All right. And many times our now becomes so powerful that the only thing we can ever accept is the right now. All right. But God is faithful to his word. In fact, Isaiah 46 and verse 10 says that he announces the end from the beginning. He does not announce the end from the middle. He announces the end from the beginning. So if you want to know about your end, don't be worried about where you're at right now. You have to go back and find what he said at the beginning. And Genesis 1 says that in the beginning, God. Which means that if God is in the beginning, that means God is in the end. And that means that this darkness and emptiness that I am in right now will in some way or some form or fashion will turn into God in the end. So now I have a choice. I can either choose to accept mine now or choose to hear and accept that in the beginning God hallelujah and if I choose in the beginning God in my right now then my right now has turned into a right then because I have moved on that's good preaching hmm? so it's, your hearing and accepting is so vitally important it's a secret some of you are getting it right now some of you won't get it maybe until you go home at night. Most of my revelation actually it hits when you get home, right? When you go to bed and you go to bed, it's like, oh, that's what pastor said, all right? So your right now has nothing to do with the beginning. So you have to choose your beginning in your right now. Because your in the beginning was what will be your, your, your end. I used, to, I, I used to drive, in America I had a car and I used to drive with no insurance. Not because I wanted to, because that stuff is expensive. All right, and, and, and it's not legal, you know, you, you get in trouble if you do that, but you just have to do what you have to do to survive, amen? I mean, don't write letters or don't say, Pastor, we're supposed to obey the law. I want to obey the law, believe me, I want to be a good citizen, but I also have to get to work somehow, come on somebody. So there was a season when I drove my car with no insurance. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, like the... The mood and attitude by which you drive when you don't have insurance is funny. You drive like Abisha mother, right up with hugging the steering wheel, you know? <laughs> like you're just kind of nervous that a police is gonna pull you over or just praying that no one gets too close for you. You're double careful, pulling into the freeway, turning at the light, you wait for the light, you wait, obey, double obey the rules, why? Because you don't have no insurance. If something happens, you know you're, you're, it's all over. It's game over. Then I got insurance. The first thing you do when you drive, when you get insurance, you forget hugging the steering wheel and you, you, you take that seat and put it in recline. You put your sunglasses on and you do, you do one of these. Why am I doing one of these? There's a confidence that comes when you know that you have insurance. In fact, the language they use with insurance is that you are covered. And there's one kind of coverage that's called full coverage. The devil is a liar. So, so when you have full coverage, you'd put your seat back double. Yeah. Yeah, why? 
Because see, something happened at the beginning that is affecting your attitude in the now that caused you to have no worry about tomorrow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's that secret that you know. You're no longer just driving. You are driving covered. And I want you to know that in the beginning, there was an insurance policy that was released over you. And the insurance policy tells me that in the beginning, God. And because in the beginning, God, that means in my right near, right now, I can put my seat back. Hallelujah. The now may full, be full of a little bit of choppy waters. My now may have some drama. My now may have some tests and trials. But if I'm mindful that I have my policy already taken out, that means I can accept my policy in the midst of my now. If you have insurance and you get in a little bump, you have no fear about the, the, the bump or what the people might say to you. You even take them for coffee. On me. Because this is fully covered. There's a confidence. There's a peace. There's a rest. There's an assurance that comes when you understand that God has already put a lease out on you in the beginning. The most glorious policy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So what do you do with your now is the question. See? What we do with the now. What am I accepting in my now? I have to choose with my now what I'm going to accept. And if I accept the word that God has given me, that means that I have entered into the realm of the secret. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says, Psalm 118 verse 15. We used to say this every Sunday at Beza Church. Psalm 118 15. Shouts of joy resound in the tents of the righteous. Shouts of joy. And, and uh, tents, the tents is a temporary dwelling. You don't, you don't plan for long-term dwelling when you're living in a tent. You're mobile. The children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they were living in tents. They were living in tents because they had not arrived yet. They were on their way. And the Bible says that the wilderness was very wilderness. It, looks like, it looked a lot like Genesis 1 and verse 2. It was empty and void. And there's nothing to see, nothing to do, nothing to eat. And, and, and that means that in that now, it's very hot. The desert is hot. And, and there's uh, all of the complaining and grumbling came from the children of Israel in the wilderness. The ones that came out, none of them came in because that now of the wilderness was so strong in their lives. You know what you've accepted by your complaining. You know what you've accepted by your arguing and grumbling and fighting. But two people made it and it was Joshua and Caleb because Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says, God said they have a different spirit. They did not have a different spirit. They just accepted the secret that no one else knew. And the secret was not that this desert is so much of a blessing, but because we have a God who started this journey and because the God started this journey, he does not start something to stop halfway. He always finished all the way to the end what he started. And so they had this understanding. So they choose to accept Hallelujah, the promise of God, and therefore they finished with God. Hallelujah. So, so, so the Bible says in those tents, there's, in the tents of the righteous, there's shouts of joy. There's nothing externally in a tent that should suggest that there should be any joy. But there is joy because we have accepted differently. And, and today, I, I, I'm, I'm 
lobbying for some acceptance of the promise of God. I'm lobbying for some ejection of your now and some deposit of your promise. That the promise of God will be a greater reality for you than whatever issue that you find yourself in, in Jesus' name. In fact, the Bible says, in the tents of the righteous, there are, there are, <clears throat> in the tents of the righteous, there are shouts of joy. Hallelujah. There, there, I'm looking for something, people. We, we live in Africa. There's a specific way that we express shout for joy. This is not Europe. This is not America. It's not, yeah, her. No, no, no. We have a very distinct shout of joy. You know, the Bible was written for this verse in particular, shouts of joy. There is no equivalent for shouts of joy in the English language or in, in, in Western language. This is something that in Amharic version, you know what it says? It says in the tent, but and That was nice. Well done. That was just for me. That was like performance, Pastor Zia. Now, let's combine that elita with our acceptance of in the face of our desert, in the face of our wilderness, in the face of your work drama, home drama, eh, financial drama, health drama. Let's put the devil to shame. Let's put the devil on the run by facing our now, but accepting our promise and give another elita for the glory of God. Stare at that wilderness and tell it, you lost today because I accepted something different. I accepted the promise. I accepted the victory of Jesus. I accepted the victory of the resurrection. I accepted the truth of the word of God. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Every sickness a liar. Every demonic influence a liar. Every drama a liar. Every political issue a liar. Every poverty demon a liar. Every headache a liar. In Jesus' name, let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let God arise in Africa. Let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise on your drama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's accept something that puts the devil on the run today. Let's accept something that puts us in the driver's seat instead of our now. Let's accept something today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Did God really say, let's tell the devil, yes, God said. And not only did God say, but I also accept what God has said. And that's final for me. As far as I'm concerned, I'll agree with the one who spoke over me in the beginning. And that has already determined my ending. So whatever it is looking like right now, it is of no consequence to me. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. That's why the three Hebrew boys says, Oh king, we don't need to bow down and worship this statue. For our God is more than able to deliver us from this fire. But even if he doesn't, we choose to go into the fire with him. Accepting him. Accepting his word. Hallelujah. This tent is different today. Hallelujah. This tent, go ahead, sit down. This tent is different today. Hallelujah. Because in this tent, we go through what everybody goes through. But we accept something completely different. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Ase in our Amharic congregation. She had breast cancer, late stage breast cancer that everyone had given up hope. The, the wound was so great that it was like, uh, uh, how do you say this? In a, it was like she had to change her bandages several times in, in the course of one day. And the doctor is giving up hope. And, and, and uh, the family is crying, everyone is crying. And I'll never forget the day. She just decided to accept that by his stripes I am healed. I'm not talking about somebody who called in from Nigeria and said, we prayed. No, no, this is our own pastor. And I remember she came to pastor's prayer and she says, the Bible says that if you have a sickness and disease, you go to the elders of the church. Have them anoint you with oil and pray for you and, and, you, and you shall be healed. She just took that word in James. So she took the word and she accepted the word. She had a now that says cancer, late stage cancer, changing your own wounds every day. And she came to pastor's prayer. And she says, Bible says, when you are sick, go to the elders of your church. I don't, she said, I don't need a prophet. I don't need to go all around the world looking for the prophet. I have elders in my own church. I have pastors in my own church. And so I choose to accept what the word of God says. Right now it looks pretty bad, but I choose to hear and accept this word in James. So I want you all to lay hands on me and pray for me. And the, 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 the pastors all laid hands and prayed for her. When they went to change the bandages. Uh, how do you say? Baby skin? Baby skin. So Pastor Ase is, is a pastor in our church today, not because she went to theological cemetery school and got the degree from the institution, but because she accepted and believed differently from however she understood the secret that everybody's about to know. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Accepting and, and, believe, and believing. Uh, accepting and believing. Uh, hearing and accepting. That's how we fight. Hearing and accepting. That's how we overcome. Hearing and accepting. Hearing and By the way, I, I'm, I'm all for Bible school. Don't get me wrong. I went to Bible school. I went to cemetery. I'm also studying now. And it's all good. But it's a little bit of a headache. Because the more you know, the more depressed you get. Because it tells you how great and complicated your now is. So I've discovered that when I'm studying, I'm not studying to build my faith. I'm studying to make myself sharp for him. All right? But when it comes to faith, it's very simple, basic, ABC. Hearing the word and accepting the word. That's how you build your faith muscle. Amen? So I've learned, like, it was a bit confusing for, for me at first because it's a great institution and it's a great learned men and everybody. Like, my language change, changes when I go to England. I start talking like them. 
You know, because you, you know, whenever you're all around those, whatever you're all around, you become, I found myself speaking like a British. British. They say British. Right. Hi. Hmm. And so I'm, you know, you, and you get that stuffy, that stuffy air. Hmm. Huh. Okay, that's what I'm learning, but that's not what I'm accepting. I'm accepting, thus says the Lord. I'm accepting in the beginning God. Because the way I fight my warfare, see the enemy will come at me with knowledge, but I'll fight him back with faith. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you, that's how Abraham became our father. The Bible says that he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do that which he had promised. So Abraham had a promise and now he had a now and he said, I choose the promise over my now. And my future is in that secret victory. And that's how he became the father of us all. Hallelujah, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah, Jesus. So as a church and as a nation, you all are aware that this last season has been difficult for all of us. This last season has had its own set of challenges. And it was a fight, even all of us, myself included, we were all tested. We saw things that we never thought would happen. And it's funny, like being a pastor in that time is very difficult because every time when I come to bring the word, the congregation is going a different direction based on what just happened. And I know this stuff is terrible that's been happening and is still happening. And... Uh, even now, you know, we're not out of the woods. There, there's still, I mean, there's relative peace, but there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of instability and it can make us nervous. And I understand that. But I have a word for not just the church, but I have a word for the, the nation today. The reason we started this ministry, those of you who don't know, is because God spoke. And, and, and God did not speak to us about Beza Church. God spoke to us about the nation. I had no desire to be here. I'm an Ethiopian. I was born here. But to be honest, I'm not a big, I, I was never a big fan of this place. I was traumatized when I came to visit when I was a kid. And, and I said, that's it for me. And when I accepted my call, I told the Lord, I'll go anywhere in the world for you except one place, Ethiopia. The reason I said Ethiopia is because I have some memory with Ethiopia that's not conducive to my, my swag. Hmm? But the Lord spoke. And when the Lord spoke, he gave me a picture of this nation and this continent that is so different from everything that I had known. And I knew it was the Lord because it's kind of like Moses. The very thing that Moses was running from for 40 years, God said, now turn around and go back. You know, but the, like Moses fought with it. For me, I don't know, maybe in New Testament, I have some advantage of the Holy Spirit. God planted a picture in me of how beautiful this nation will be. And how glorious that it, the final chapter will be written by Jesus himself. And that, that and, and like Abba had seen this earlier, he would always say the, the nations and the nations would be redeemed in righteousness. Right? But I didn't see it until the Lord visited me that time. And so we're kind of like with the children of Israel in the wilderness right now. We're kind of like Abraham with the promise of God and a, a dead body right now. We're kind of like verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1. Now the earth is empty and void and darkness is over the surface of the deep. Um, but if there was ever a time to know the secret, ooh, 
If there was ever a time to tap into the secret, there was a time this nation needed to understand the secret, there was ever a time that you needed to know the secret, it's right now. And that secret is very simple. It's hearing and accepting. And I choose to hear and accept something very different from what I'm hearing all around me. I choose to walk in the mess, but not be of the mess. I choose to hold on to what God has said, that from this place a light will shine, that from this place the hands of begging will turn to hands of blessing, that the rivers of God would flow from this place, and that this nation would be redeemed in righteousness. Because I saw also, just like in Genesis, when God said, now the earth was formless, there was another also, another now, that also said that in the, in the beginning, there was a river that flowed through the garden, and that garden, the name of that river was Gion. And it flowed through the entire uh, land of Switzerland. That was a joke, people. Switzerland's not in the Bible. It says through, through the entire land of Kush. Kush translated Ethiopia. I believe we're living in prophetic times, for prophetic places. And I know a lot of people are talking about end times. How, you know, things are going crazy. Uh, wars and rumors of wars. Matthew 24. Diseases and diseases and diseases. But I always hold on to one promise. Yes, it is funny times, different times, even end times. But I have one promise that I've been holding on to. And I choose to hold that promise in the face of every famine, every war, every rumor of war, every disease. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse number 2. Because it's an also a, ver a word for the last days. All right? Let's, when we're in translating our situations into the last days, let's use the entire council of Scripture to interpret our last day scenario. And Isaiah 2 says that in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be exalted above all the hills. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple. What day is the last days? In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among all the mountains. It will be raised above all the hills and all nations will stream to it. So that means there's two things happening in the last days. There's drama happening in the last days. But there's also this thing of the mountain of the Lord's temple. <laughs> Amen. And so I shift whatever my now looks like to rejecting the drama and ac accepting what thus says the Lord. Because my end is determined not by my middle. My end is determined by my beginning. And I reject my now. And I accept my beginning. Because in the beginning God. And in your beginning God. And in our beginning God. And in this nation's beginning God. And in this continent's beginning God. And in your vision and in your dream in the beginning God. And with your children in the beginning God. And with your business in the beginning God. If God is in the beginning, then God will be in the end. You're just passing through. Hallelujah. You're just passing through. It's a tent. It's not a house. You are passing through. Hallelujah. So I would like somebody to stand up on their feet right now and put on your shouts of praise and victory in the house of the Lord today. Because you understand the secret. It's a secret. It's a secret. It's a secret. That was a polite praise. Thank you very much. But I am asking for the people who understand the secret to defy your present. 
to defy your now and give him a praise because he's worthy. Because I praise him because you accept the promise. Give him a praise that you know that he will work it out. I give you praise right now. I give you glory right now. I give you glory right now. Hey, I give you glory right now. I give you glory right now. I praise you right now. In the midst of the wilderness, I give you glory right now. In the midst of the questions, more questions than answers, I accept your promise. In the midst of the drama, I accept your promise. In the midst of the confusion, the pain, the loss, I accept your promise. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen today. Hallelujah. Now those of you who want to do Abiot on your now, hmm? you know what Abiot means? Uh, Abiot means revolution. A coup d'etat, which we are very familiar with in Africa. All right? Coup d'etat means that somebody comes in and overthrows the government and puts himself on. I remember living in Kenya several years ago. They, they overthrew the government and the military got on the radio and said, we have overtaken the country on the radio and television. And the, the person was actually broadcasting on TV. It was like news. And the guy just came from the military. Pushed the guy out, sat in his seat. We have taken over the country. Somebody needs to take over the country of your now with the promise. Hallelujah. Hear and accept not your drama. Hear and accept what thus says the Lord. Hear and accept not your questions. Hear and accept what thus says the Lord. If you say, yes, that's me today. Hallelujah. Just give a little time to God for all that he has done. Shouts of joy. Shouts of joy. There's a power in your praise. There's a power in your faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. The enemy is on the run today. The enemy is on the run today. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Father, we give you all the praise and glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...